Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach at SumatiSparks.com. And today we have a wonderful guest who just happens to be a good friend of mine, and her name is Dr. Melanie Rose. She's a somatic sex and intimacy coach practicing in Oakland, California. She has a doctorate in human sexuality and is a trained counselor and somatica method practitioner. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rose. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So glad to have you here. So, Melanie, I had to ask you to be on the show because I was really loving that I got to go to your wedding. And it was a very (laughs) impressive, kind of polyamorous, unique, amazing wedding. And I'm just really in awe of how you managed to get married um, to someone when you already had existing lovers and they were at your wedding. And all of that was just so beautiful and awesome. And I wonder if maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you acquired this lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, well, to start, you know, uh, I have a long history of both being in monogamous relationships and open relationships. And I feel like I've made a lot of mistakes over the years in both and uh, learned a lot. And, uh, when I, before I got together with North, my husband, uh, I was re- I decided that I really wanted to find the kind of relationship that was really going to um, suit me and my, um, you know, my relational needs. And, uh, and I ar- already had a couple of lovers who were at that point, you know, I'd, I'd been with for several years. And, but they were, you know, they had their own primary relationships and I was looking for my primary relationship, uh, and to go deeper with. And, uh, when I found Norris, he was also looking for that and was really excited about the possibility of being polyamorous and being open. And so he had never been polyamorous before he met you. He hadn't actually. Yeah. He, he taught, he had tried in previous relationships, but it, didn't really, it didn't work, work out. It just, they, they weren't um, compatible in that way. Mm-hmm. So then, um, yeah, so then, you know, as we progressed in our dating and everything, um, you know, he met my other lovers and they all get along really fabulously. They really like each other and uh, they um, have similar senses of humor, which is interesting. Uh, and mm-hmm. I you know I find that actually that that you know the people that i choose to be with seem to um seem to get along you know because they're they're similar in some ways and they're different in other ways but um but yeah so he um and they get along great and uh they got invited to our wedding they were actually part of our entourage of of people that we had standing up for us and mm-hmm. uh and then, yeah, and then North, um, in the course of us dating and getting married, uh, also, you know, developed relationships, and and they were there too. That's what I loved is you had a couple of his lovers, female lovers, standing with him, and then you had a couple of your male lovers standing with you, and then you had a family member on each side as well, and it was just so different and awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it helps that uh, that our our families are really open minded. <laughs> so right. Uh, so that, yeah. So and and that we're older, you know. So we're in our forties, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, so so we don't have the same kind. You know, we have a different dynamic with our family at this point in time, where they pretty much know who we are, and they've learned to accept that they've learned to accept us. You know, so uh, so it worked out really well. Good point. 
Yeah, I think when people are in midlife, it's just a different journey when you get into a relationship and there aren't those same expectations from family members, right? Yeah, yeah. And I definitely think that, you know, some people are never able to resolve their differences because their ideologies are just too extreme. But uh, in mm-hmm. our case, you know, we, we, are, we are closer with our families and our families are, are more open-minded. So, uh, That's yeah. Great. That's great. And so did, did North ever feel jealousy around the fact that you had these other lovers and that you'd known them longer than him? Did you ever have to work through any jealousy with him? You know, amazingly not. Uh, North is, an, is a really amazing person in that way where um, to him the things that were scary for him at the beginning were about um, not being truthful and uh, – you know, he'd had a past experience where his partner cheated on him. And, mm-hmm. you know, for some people that would make them maybe triggered about um, a new partner being with other people. But in his case, it was more about the lying that was the problem. And so uh, for him to, you know, for me to just be completely honest with him, and I just tend to be an open book, you know, that really worked well for him. And so that made mm-hmm. him feel really safe that I – you know, that I just shared with him about how I feel about these people and what they mean to me and, um, and, uh, and when we're seeing each other. And, you know, there's, there was never been any um, hiding of anything. So, you know, and I think beautiful, it helps that I, beautiful. yeah, thanks. I think it, I think it helps that I had a lot of practice before I met him. So I didn't mm-hmm. make a lot of the mistakes that I made when I was younger and, you know, made it harder on my partners to trust me. Because uh, I didn't really right. know what I was doing, and had my own right. Stuff to work and I for. hope, you, yeah, don't we all? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I hope you don't mind me getting a little personal, but I did rate this show R, so we don't have to worry about children listening. But um, <laughs> I remember that you had a very special birthday. I think it was before you got married. Um, uh, well, I, I had, um, I had a birthday, I don't know if this is the one you're referring to, but I had a birthday where, (laughs) uh, where, uh, my two lovers and North all gave me a massage for, um, for my birthday. And that was really wonderful and sweet. Um, and then, uh, yeah, is it, I know, but I don't know if that's actually what you're referring to. Yes, that's what I was referring to, that it's such a great role modeling that you could have this beautiful, intimate, physical, affectionate experience with all three of them there at the same time. Um, And, you know, that may be ordinary to you because you've been living this lifestyle, but for people that are new to open relationships, that's like, whoa, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it was really um, it was really powerful for actually all of them, um, because actually I think that was the first time that North uh, um, had met one of them, and so mm-hmm. uh, but they just clicked right away, and uh, and you know, and so when I asked if they all wanted to give me a massage for my birthday. Uh, because they, it, it so happened, you know, I was having a party where more people were coming, but it just so happened that those three were there first. And so we had, oh, so that all, wasn't planned. It wasn't actually planned. Yeah. But it turned mm. out to be, you know, that they were there quite a bit earlier than everybody else to help kind of set up and stuff. And so, um, and so, yeah, so we just decided to do this thing kind of on the fly and, and, um, and it was just really sweet, you know, cause they were all, working together as a team, you know, and they're all really team mm-hmm. players. Like they're all really interested mm. giving pleasure. And um, yeah, it was just, it was very fun for me to get to see them all um, connecting, you know, and, um, and that fills me up that really like that level of uh, camaraderie and like openness and lack of jealousy and like, yeah, just the ease at which I could get loved by three people at the same time was um, just so incredibly healing and nourishing for me. 
Mm-hmm. I remember seeing you later that night, and your feet were not touching the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really powerful, and also healing for one of my lovers too, because he also he actually has more jealousy issues in his life and um, struggles with that a little bit more. And so for him to have the modeling of of North and I not having that um, was very helpful for him because, you know, he, he got a lot of messages as a child that everything was competitive and there was a lot of, like, shame and things were, you know, you, you were doing something wrong, right? And so everything had right. to be hidden. In his in his childhood, everything had to be like anything that he re- he wanted to do, you know, might be shamed or punished, and so um, so he he really had to. So he for him it was it was like this aha moment that it doesn't have to be like that, and that he could have Beautiful. a different experience, you know, um, and, and mm-hmm. so that was really sweet. Wonderful, and then um, I think you said that North after you started dating. Then he connected with some women and started to have some some romantic connections. Um, mm-hmm. did, did how was how were you with that? Did you ever have any jealousy around that, or were they people <laughs> you knew? How, how did that work out? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, I actually do have a little bit more trouble with it with this. You know, it's like. Um, I kind of need particular things in order for me to feel safe and relaxed around, around it. And uh, fortunately I, I know this and I can ask for it. Um, it took us a little while to actually, you know, dial it in. But mm-hmm. uh, I do, I do find that when he dates people that I know and I already, you know, just that, you know, we have a, a positive relationship that, I feel a lot safer and more relaxed and I feel like a, there's a lot more freedom there. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever, have fun, you know? And, <laughs> and when it's somebody that I don't know, it's a little easier for me to feel a little bit threatened because I'm just not sure, you know, what their um, motives are or, you know, whether or not they're, they're going to respect the relationships that I have with North and, and um, not create conflict for us. Uh, so, right. yeah. So, so that's that's gotten a, that we've worked that out for the most part um, around just timing and having really clear agreements about when he comes home and that he comes home on time. And that really helps mm-hmm. me to feel safe and to feel cool. like I can trust him. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to get clear on what you need and then be able to ask for that um, with an open heart, without a charge, to just say this is what will help me be a big yes. And I think when we can do that, usually our partner wants to give that to us. Yeah, totally, totally. And and they don't always give it to us the first time. I mean, we definitely had some bumps, you know. And part part of what it was, too, was that um, North has a really different relationship style. Um, He moves much slower than I do. So when I have dates with my sweeties, you know, we'll have two or three hours where we get together, you know, maybe we get a bite to eat, and then, you know, we'll, we'll sometimes just have lunch, sometimes we'll hook up. And, uh, you know, if we have sex, you know, we'll be complete within a few hours usually <laughs> you know and it's often mm-hmm. like you know in the morning or the evening and then you know and then they go home and go do their things and with Norris he often likes to do overnights because it takes him a long time to kind of like settle in and and you know his flow is just very different than mine and mm-hmm. so when I didn't understand that I expected him to be more like me and when he wasn't it was um, confusing, you know, and so then we finally that, figured yeah. out like, oh, he just needs more time, and let's let's plan on that instead of him being home late, later than he said he was going that to, is, you know. Yeah, that's beautiful and brilliant. I really think that that couples on a lot of topics, not just open relationship, need to learn about each other's pacing and style. Like for example, if a woman says, "I'm going to go shopping," and 
her partner is like, well, shopping, she'll be back in an hour. She's just going to go buy something and come back. But for her, shopping might mean I'm going to spend the whole day with my sisters, you know, <laughs> trying on clothes. Right. And, you know, it could be like six or eight hours. And he's like, wait, you just said you're going to go shopping. So it kind of doesn't matter what it is, but we have to understand each other's flow. So I think that's really nice that you guys figured that out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I feel like that is a, an important piece to all this in any relationship, like you said, but particularly with open relationships is that you are going to have different relationship styles oftentimes. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, you got to figure out if that's okay or, you know, if you can accept each other. Right. And do you usually ask to meet the person that you don't know before he gets involved with them? Um, you know, no, I think, uh, you know, I feel like some people do like that. And I am kind of of the opinion that, you know, relationships are hard enough and hooking up with people is always like really hit or miss. And so it's like, if he's got an opportunity, I want him to take it, <laughs> you know, not, mm-hmm. not with. Not when it works for my timing, but mm-hmm. you know what works for his flow. So, so I mean, you know, if I meet them after the fact, that's fine. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I do want to meet them at some point, but it's I don't. It doesn't have to be before they actually have sex. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. That's very generous of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then sometimes you know, sometimes it just won't work out. You know, and it seems like it, if if I put a lot of rules and and things on it in the beginning, you know, I'm kind of affecting how the relationship's going to go, and it may not go anywhere, you know. So, mm-hmm. right, right, yeah. right, yeah. If it's going to get more, and serious, I like that. Right, right, right. Good point. Um, so I like that you said you feel more comfortable when you know the person because I just want to point out that some people might be just the opposite. Some people might oh, feel yeah. more comfortable with their partner being with a stranger and when they're being with someone they know, they feel weird about that because they know the person. So I just want to acknowledge that everyone's different and we just have yeah. to be clear about what works for us and we're, we all are creating our own relationship from outside the heteronormative standard. So we get to design it however it works for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you people, for sharing you know, some people, so much. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. I, um, I was just going to say, you know, some people may just want to uh, hook up with, with people and not have, like more longer term relationships, you know, and for me, like Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I have longer, more committed relationships and that just works better for me. So yeah, there are a lot of different Mm -hmm. styles. Right. Exactly. And so thank you for sharing so much with me. I'm just going to stay on the topic of your personal story for a little bit longer and ask you if maybe you can share one or two lessons that you learned um, when you first started to have open relationships, um, mistakes that you made and the lessons that you learned from them. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Well, I would say one thing that's always stuck with me is um, that, you know, when we come from the, the current, you know, the, the, the culture that, you know, most of us are steeped in is a monogamous culture. And uh, it can be really easy to hold on to those messages even when we are on this new path. And so, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, you can think that um, if somebody, you know, if your partner is, is having sex with someone else, you may feel like, it's because you're not as desirable, right? And that's kind of the message mm-hmm. that we get in the, in the, um, uh, from our culture, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, a lot of times, even though that's not, like we know, like from a, 
um, objective point of view that that's maybe not true, uh, but it can still be in our subconscious and it can cause us to get really triggered and, Mm -hmm. uh, or to feel insecure or whatever, you know? And so, um, it's really important to be mindful of those, of those messages that are in our psyche, you know, and catch them and start, um, repatterning our brains with new messages if we're going to be open and in polyamorous relationships, you know, and, and start, you know, and start teaching our brains that like there's lots of love in the world, that it's not, you know, that it's not um, limited and that if somebody loves this person over here, it doesn't mean that they don't, you know, that it's getting taken away from us. Right. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that a lot of people I think don't expect, you know, that, that, that there's these messages going on in the background that are, are triggering them. Uh, and yeah, gosh, that, what that if our partner loves someone else, that it means something about us. It means that we're not blank enough, fill in the blank with, I'm not sexy enough. I'm not, you know, I used to think, Oh, my partner's uh, other lover is more orgasmic than me. I mean, <laughs> whatever our insecurities are, we um, project that onto them and, and think that it's because we're lacking in some way. So yeah, that's yeah. deep work that we have to do to get to the other side of that and know that we are enough and we are beautiful and desirable just as we are. Right. And and that we're different. You know, I, um, uh, North was dating a woman who uh, was in a similar field to him. And so they, they really connected around art and creativity and, and in a way that was outside of our relationship, you know, and I was, and I mm-hmm. was um, a little bit jealous of that, but also really happy for him that he mm-hmm. got to have that with her, you know, that he got to mm-hmm. have that part of himself brought out more, you know, that he got to play there somewhat um, more than he does with me. So, you exactly. know, that, way that is one it. of the gifts. Yeah, that's one of the gifts of open relationship that we can um, explore different parts of ourselves with other people. That um, doesn't mean that our other partner isn't great. It just means they may have different interests or, um, yeah, you know, I know with my primary partner, we travel and play music. And then I have another sweetie with whom I am very social. We're, much, we're very social together and we like to go to events and um, socialize mm-hmm. with lots of people, and and that's a, a part of me that I had wasn't met in the same way with my primary partner. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really nice to be able to have that. Mm-hmm. I think it makes you a more so a fuller person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, anything else you want to share about lessons that you learned from big mistakes you made? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I feel like one of the big ones that's just kind of a technical one, but that people screw up so much of the time is face sex. You know, like like if if and 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 I think too, you know, it's easy to to get caught up in it and and be freaked out by it. So there's that other side of the coin, but but it is really important. I think everybody will feel safer and more respected um, if they know that you're really taking their health seriously. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, so I have an agreement with Norris that, you know, we always use condoms, that there's no genital to genital contact um, without some kind of barrier. Uh, so mm-hmm. that when we're together, you know, we can play freely and there's no worry that something's coming in um, through someone else. And, you know, and, and our partners have partners and those partners have partners. You know, when you get into this world, it's like there's a lot of vectors. There's a lot of right. things getting spread around. And so it's just good to keep everybody safe, you know, and it doesn't need to be a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. I definitely screwed that up in the past, and and now I'm really it's not a, it's not as much an issue anymore. It's like yeah, this is easy. it doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> so yeah, I think when we're younger, we um, let our hormones take us away, and we <laughs> we don't always uh, abide by 
the wisest decisions in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I and when I was younger too, I found a lot of um, the men that I was with really didn't were very anti condom, and um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't quite as I wasn't quite as able to put my foot down when I was younger, and uh, and now I am, and now I'm also in a culture where mm-hmm. people are just a little more about it also so that helps exactly exactly and also I think when we take Tantra workshops and we learn about um, when we really begin the study of human sexuality we learn that there are Mm -hmm. so many other ways of having pleasure that where boundaries can be really erotic and there's so many other ways to connect with people energetically that it's not all about having to have that genital to genital contact True. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hand sex is really hot and fun too. You know, it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be, you know, right. <laughs> mutual masturbation. Right. Um, there's so many things you could do with your hands. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, speaking of hands, um, let's talk a little bit about what is a somatic sex and intimacy coach? What does, what does a somatic sex coach do? Well, um, you know, uh, the way that I work uh, is that I really give people an experiential um, experience that's very um, on being embodied and mindful and um, present. And uh, but people, you know, often need help um, really learning um, the skills of like how to touch in a way that's pleasurable and, and not just, you know, and, and to be able to modify it for different people because everybody's different. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I really help people to um, get in their bodies, what it feels like uh, to have pleasure, to feel pleasure um, and um, how to be present. Uh, and then there's all kinds of other things too, you know, that come into it, like, you know, what people's attachment styles are and um, what they need out of relationships and that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's such a range of what people are wanting in, um, around their relationships and their sexuality, but I work with all of it. Mm-hmm. So do you work with people in open relationships? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So the, how does your background help you with, with helping other people? Yeah, well, um, you know, I help people, you know, and like we were talking about before, their relationship styles and how they might be different and what their attachment needs are because that's a big factor, I think, in any relationship. But if one person enjoys having a lot of space and the other person needs more connection um, struggle regardless of whether they have an open relationship or not. And then you add in other people, you know, and, um, you know, it can really get volatile. Uh, so, you know, so understanding those kinds of things and um, figuring out how they can have a more solid connection um, so that when they do go out that there's not as a feeling of threat and uh, that everybody's getting nourished and feeling special and important. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by attachment style? That seems to be a buzzword lately, and some of our listeners may not be familiar with that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so there's this theory um, that's quite well, well developed now around attachment and how we learn to be attached first to our caregivers uh, and then to our partners and people that we're in relationship with. And uh, it varies depending on how our attachment was with our caregivers. And so, um, you know, some people develop a real anxious style where they, they want a lot more connection. And I don't, I don't really like the word anxious, but, <laughs> but it's what happens when they don't get the connection. People get anxious, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, they want more closeness. They want more 
you know, attunement and connection and time together and, um, you know, probably really into pair bonding. And uh, I often call myself a monogamous poly person because I really love uh-huh. that pair bonding. And I fall into that category where I'm, I'm more, ang- I get more anxious if I'm not getting that connection. And then there's other people that learned, you know, a more avoidant style where they're, um, you know, more comfortable with having a lot of space. And so my husband is a little bit more that style. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But fortunately, not too much so that um, he's still very attentive to me. You know, we, we just occasionally have to make sure that he gets his space needs met and I get my connection needs met. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, and some people are so far in those extremes that they're not a very good match, you know, but oftentimes you can learn how you're different and then figure out, you know, and then negotiate it and figure out how to make it work so that both of you are, are getting some needs met, you know, and for some, and, and being in an open relationship might be helpful in that case where there's that dichotomy, because then the person who's avoidant can get their space while the person who's anxious can go and get connection from other people and get more of their relational needs met from other people rather than just their primary partner. Exactly. I was just thinking that exact same thing when you said it. Um, And oftentimes couples open their relationship not to have more sex, but so that one of the partners can have less sex. (laughs) They they don't want as much <laughs> yeah, sex as the other person, so they say, "Please go get it somewhere else. Leave me alone occasionally." <laughs> How they, so their styles are different. Open Yeah, and it's not always about having more sex when you open your relationship. So, um, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach at SumatiSparks.com. And we're speaking with Dr. Melanie Rose, somatic sex and intimacy coach, about her own open relationships, as well as how she helps other people who are practicing non-monogamy. And, and you do other things as well. You don't only work with non-monogamous people. Um, but I wanted to ask you, we were talking about attachment styles, and I was wondering if you also know about the love languages. Um, yes, a little bit. Uh, I you know um what words of ing- words of praise or um gifts or you know all those different acts things of that service people, and, yeah. acts mm-hmm. of service right things that people right. need to feel special right mhm yeah so these yeah, are just um, models but it it made me think of that when we were talking about attachment styles and how we have to learn what style our partner is so that we can give them what they want because oftentimes we act toward our partner in a way that um, demonstrates what we want rather than what they want. Yeah, it's true. And we often um, expect our partners to do it like we're going to do it or like we want to do it. Right. And uh, Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, I think part of developing a lasting um, loving relationship is, is accepting our differences. Mm -hmm, Exactly. I remember going to a couple's workshop and the facilitators said, okay, if you're looking for that one gem, here it is. Everybody listening, find out what your partner wants and give it to them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And if you can do it and be successful, you know, then you're kudos for that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. It sounds so simple, but it's so hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so um, maybe we can talk a little bit more about your work. Um, What does a typical session look like in the day of a somatic sex coach? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, it it really varies. Um, You know, it depends on whether I'm working with an individual or a couple. And... Um, it also depends on, you know, what, what they want to work on. You know, I work, I work with people that are struggling with various um, sexual issues, um, what some people call dysfunctions, but I use that word. Um, and 
or if I'm working with, you know, helping them figure out how to get back in the game after a divorce or if I'm, you know, working on, like, differences in desire and um, sexual drive. Uh, but oftentimes, uh, but pretty much every time, I try to assess pretty quickly, like, where can we, you know, where can we drop in and um, be present and have some experiential experience? Because I think that that's really how people learn. If they get it in their bodies, uh, they're much more likely to, to then be able to take it out into the world. And so like the other day, um, after working with somebody for a while, I realized that, that um, you know, the way that he liked to connect, the way that he could stay present in his body was um, for there to be more kind of mutual interaction. Like we tried some touch exercises where he, t- you know, I taught him some styles of touch and then tried to do it on, on me, on my arm or my leg, you know, and um, uh, it was um, really challenging for him to do it that way. And so instead I decided to try kind of a contact dance um, thing where we, we stood up, I put on some music and, um, and then we just kind of moved around the room with each other and had some connection and then moving away and connection. And, um, and that works really well for him and allowed him to get out of his anxiety um, and get into his body. So it can be like that. Mm-hmm. It can be dancing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you say you help people be present, um, are these people who have a tendency to be stuck in their head and they're having too many thoughts and judging themselves and they can't feel the pleasure in their body, so you kind of help them drop into more of a somatic experience? Am I describing that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know, we all have those times where we're not really in our bodies. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and for a lot of people that are struggling with sexual issues of any kind um, or even relationship issues, you know, we're all in our head and things And so, yes. Uh, Melanie, the connection is starting to get a little bit bad there. You might want to. Just repeat oh, what you sorry. said. The connection was bad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, uh, I think any time struggling with something, we tend to jump out of our bodies, you know, because it's painful. And so it's important to help people down, figure out where they're feeling their feelings, and um, learn how to be present. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so as a somatic coach, um, I imagine that like a lot of therapists can't touch their clients, but through your training you're allowed to have more touch and contact with your clients? I am, yeah. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's really I decided to become a clinical psychologist and, uh, and then trained in somatic methods because I really again. Um, I'm sorry, tried. Melanie. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you because the connection oh. is bad again. Sorry about that. Okay. Let me uh, let me move. And is there another place you can move to? Yeah, I'm doing that right now. How is this? That's better. Is Go ahead and better? repeat what you were saying. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, can you repeat the question? I forget what. You yeah, I was talking about how with your training. Um, you're allowed to touch oh, yeah. your clients versus a um, an MF, MFT or psychotherapist who can't touch their client. Right, right, yeah. I decided not to go that route because I really felt like uh, people learn experientially. You know, you can't really learn how to dance, for instance, from a book or even sitting, in, you know, in a room talking about it. You really have to mm-hmm. do or even or even watching a video about you know and and my initial training uh you know the way that Master wants it and and some people actually uh, taught sex for people was 
videos, you have couples do things with each other, but you don't really physically interact with people. And what I found was if you don't show people the quality of touch um, that is pleasurable, even just like on their arm, it's hard for them to do it. You kind of have to model it and, um, and for them to actually experience what it's like and to experience what pleasure is like. And so, and it can be really simple, you know, but we certainly don't take our clothes off or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it is a good way to um, to teach people is to actually get in there and do it with them. And then and it right. also gamifies everything. I'm here with you doing, you know, I'm not afraid to crawl around on the floor with you. <laughs> right. I wish our connection was just a tiny bit better. I don't know if there's something you can do. It could improve just a little bit more if there's another place you can move to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it got bad all of a sudden. It was really good for the whole time, and then it started to get yeah. bad. And so I wanted to ask you about... Uh, the somatica method that you're trained in. Um, I'm, I imagine that's kind of what you're already talking about, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that training. Yeah, well, a lot of the, the, the things that I was just talking about, about, um, you know, interacting more with people is um, part of uh, what I got out of my um, uh, somatica um, uh, training. And, it really is very relational. You know, it is looking at these, um, you know, at attachment issues and just the ways in which um, we have developed our strategies and, um, you know, knowing what different people need relationally and how it is different so that, so that I, as a practitioner, can actually show up for them as much as I can, um, you know, in a way that they need so that they can start seeing what it's like to have a healthy relationship with someone and then um, um, or modeling that for a couple, for instance, you know, and, um, and, you know, and, and working with shame and, and getting that out of the mix and, um, you know, and really being very pleasure I would think that would be a big one. Yeah. Yeah, I I would think shame shame would be a big one. Yeah. What kinds of things do you do to help people who have, you know, maybe they came from a strict religious background or something, or they were uh, shamed or abused by their family. How do you help people overcome that? Hmm. You know, it varies. I mean, definitely a lot of it is just normalizing things, um, you know, and, and, and really, you know, when people tell me the things that they're interested in, being, you know, really positive about them, whatever it is, you know, um, and even if it's not my thing, you know, I may know somebody who really likes whatever they're into, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, particularly around sex, you know, because these are really vulnerable topics. And, um, you know, we all get shaped in differently with different things turn us on. And it's really important to be like, yeah, you're OK, no matter you know, what your interests are. It's cool, you know, and um, mm-hmm. there's somebody out there that's like you. You know, so there's that. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. there's also um, sometimes I'll do, um, you know, some guided imagery like with inner child work where we'll go in and, you know, go into those those memories um, where they were shamed or where they were scared or wherever they were and and um, and and have a different experience um, where, you know, I show up or their adult shows up or somebody shows up that can give them a different, more positive experience of support and care, you know, that they may not have gotten in the past. And it's amazing Mm -hmm. how much just that meditation will help people um, in their, in their current lives. You know, our, our brains are amazing things. Right. Right. Thank you. So let me throw another scenario at you. Um, I, a lot of my listeners 
are in long-term relationships where the passion has faded. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it's because the women, in fact, research has shown that women get bored with monogamy faster than men do. And (laughs) I think a lot of times it's the women who don't really know what they want, so they don't even know how to ask for it. Um, Do you ever work with women who just aren't even aware what their sexual needs are, but they just know they're not getting whatever it is they don't know they want? (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, and and there's different ways of of exploring that and working with that, Um, you know, teaching women um, you know, to explore their bodies and to, and to discover themselves more thoroughly is important sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. but also just exploring like, you know, what are their fantasies and, um, what turns them on, uh, Mm -hmm. is a great place to start, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, sometimes at first they'll be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really that interested in sex. And, and it turns out that they're just not interested in the sex that they think is available to them or is available exactly. to them currently, like in the habits right. and patterns that they've gotten into with their partner. And so then, you know, they just need to learn new ways of of um, of ha- of having sex with their partners, potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you do about usually the man, this is kind of a stereotype, but I've just seen it many times where the man or the husband, she's complaining that he doesn't do what, what she asks him to do. He doesn't romance her. He doesn't touch her the way she asks. And so she's given up even asking him. And how do you deal with a man who's kind of stuck in his ways and not willing to uh, try new things or um, meet her needs in that way? Ah, yes. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes if I'm working with a couple and there's this kind of power struggle going on, um, I will um, see them individually and find out, you know, what's getting in the way because I find I have a lot Mm -hmm. of compassion for men. Um, You know, they're supposed to know what to do. They often don't know exactly what to do. They get it wrong there, you know, there's just a lot of shame. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, sometimes they do need some training in, like in touch, for example, you know, and how to slow mm-hmm. down and how to, um, you know, how to bring it and, um, and bring their passion and even be, you know, connected to their bodies, right. Um, and mm-hmm. be connected with somebody else at the same time you know, because they might be mm-hmm. really tuned into their own drive, but maybe not so much into what's happening for their partner in that moment, right? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of work that can be done there to help them get, like I said, more present and more able to um, be with themselves and be with another person and get some feedback, you know. But sometimes it's really helpful if they get some positive experiences and some positive reinforcement from someone other than their partner because their partner has been frustrated and angry for so long that there's a dynamic mm-hmm. set up now, you know, and they're scared, you know, there's, mm-hmm. they're, they feel like they can't do anything right, you know, right, so um, and that's not up. a very, yeah, it's not very motivating <laughs> right. <laughs> to feel yeah. like you're going to do it wrong, you know, exactly. So, um, yeah, so those kind of dynamics are really common and resentments develop, you know, so a lot of that stuff has to be unpacked first. You can't just, like, you know, switch it on. Exactly, yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, separating them out, finding out what their frustrations are with each other, and and a lot of times, yeah, and, uh, yeah go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, um you know, that makes me think of somatica again. One of the great things that somatica taught me was finding out what people's hottest um, erotic movie is, is really useful tool because, Mm. um, you know, if you can find out what people's, um, what people, what really drives them and what really turns them on, um, 
and and figure out how to star in each other's movies if they're different um, can also really help bring some of the passion back. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, and they may never have told well, each other about each other's movies. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I find that couples in long-term relationships have a lot of erotica they haven't shared with one another. Mm-hmm. It's true. And they're, it's uh-huh. often because they're scared mm-hmm. of being judged or shamed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So there's a lot of potential there when you make it safe for them to share what their desires really are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Dr. Rose, for um, letting me put you on the spot like that. And um, you yeah. really know your stuff. I'm really impressed with your answers. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I really um, love what I do. I really love this work. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and I really enjoyed uh speaking with you and I hope you'll you'll come back on the show again sometime, maybe bring one of your one or all of your partners with you. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. Um and I wanted to give you a few few minutes to tell our listeners where they could reach you if they're interested in your services and I think you also have a gift for our listeners yeah so I wanted to offer um, people listening on the show to uh, a 30 minute phone consultation so um, that you know you can start exploring some of the things that you're interested in exploring with me potentially. And, uh, um, you know, we can start the, the good work of, of, you know, getting to the next, um, you know, the next level of pleasure, um, in people's lives. So, uh, so I'm offering a 30 minute phone consultation and I can be reached at 510-415-1989 is my number. And I also have a website, which is drmelanierose.com. And that's D-R-M-E-L-A-N-I-E-R-O-S-E.com. And my email address is drmelanierose at gmail.com. Perfect. Great. Well, that's very generous generous of you to offer a 30-minute consultation. Um, I, I think that people should take advantage of that. That's that's really great. Yeah, that would you're be great. Clearly, very well, very well trained, very well educated, and a really safe person to talk to about these issues. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really like giving people the opportunity to to share things that they may not have felt safe to share anywhere else, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. help people get what they really want. Great. Okay, Melanie, well, thank you so much again for being on the show today, and um, good luck with your practice and your thank you. marriage and all your other <laughs> Thank you. It was so great talking to you. I really uh, loved all your questions and, and feedback, so thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.